Think you've seen it all? Think you have it all figured out? No matter if you're starting your career or approaching retirement. Everyone has a life lesson to share. So join this father and his son as we explore our generation gap to find common ground. This is the Two Perspectives Podcast with David and Joshua Specht. Welcome to the Two Perspectives Podcast. I am David Specht and I'm Joshua Specht. And we're your hosts for this episode of this amazing podcast. Yes, I say it's amazing. Amazing. Fake it till you make it, boys. (laughs) Okay, so before we go off the rails, Josh, because we tend to do that. No. Yes. Us? We go off the rails. We actually do. I don't even own a train. Proving my point, um, I want to talk about uh, a subject that I feel like is often overlooked, especially by those in leadership or business, and that is the effect of environment on morale, the effect of environment on success, the effect of environment on um, state of mind. Okay. Kind of branched out, and and we may go in different directions, but the, the first one that I think of is my own office. And if anybody's ever gone to my office or been by my office or seen pictures of me in my office, you know that I have a certain affinity for collectibles of the comic slash Star Wars area. And it's funny because people will walk in and they're like, give me that look. You know the look. The look of how old are you or the look of really? And... When I explained to them, look, I'm about to spend eight hours, a third of my life, in well, don't, generally don't, in in a certain environment. Don't say it like that. Well, <laughs> it, it's true. And, and I say, if um, if I'm going to spend that amount of time, shouldn't I surround myself with things that inspire me, that I enjoy, that I like looking at? And they go, oh yeah, I get that. And then I say, and then I add to it because we are in the SEC South. And um, if you're not a fan of a certain team, you know, I'm a fan of the Florida Gators. People know that. But I'll look at them and say, if all of what you see was LSU stuff, would you still have the same reaction? And they would be like, no, I guess not. And, yeah. and the truth is, is they're judging what I choose, but they're in agreement with the idea that environment matters, that you want to be in an area that looks good and and is conducive to what you're wanting to do. Right. And so I kind of want to throw it out your direction. What, what do you see as a big pro or con to how you set up your environment? We'll start with work, but maybe even it's at home too. Okay. So we are currently changing the environment in work right now. True. Um, we are doing a lot of different transition of of moving, shuffling people around. It's like, how dare you? They work there. You can shuffle? Yeah. Well... What we what you're trying to create is an environment of, of kind of like a forward momentum of an upbeat like things are happening, and so we're we're even to the point of uh, doing some demo. I've uh, busted down some walls, not tall walls, but cubicle walls that are actually built in and all that. And it's like I'm making a mess, but I'm making a mess to see the environment's changing. And I think if you change the environment around people, they'll tend to notice. And it's one of those pro with it all is people are always stuck in their own environment, and sometimes your environment is hurting your progress. Oh, yeah. I would agree with that. So I think changing your environment for the better, because you could change it for the worst. It just depends on how you do it and how it's all about strategically putting things in place to continue that forward momentum. So 
I mean, how it affects day-to-day life. I'll put it to you that, for instance, our air conditioner went out. Yes. Yesterday. Yesterday. It was awful. It was hot. I'm, I'm still not recovered. It was so hot, I went home <laughs> and worked from home. Yeah, me and too. I, and I'll make this point pretty, pretty clear. It affected my environment at work because I can't work in the heat because I'm a fat, privileged white boy that can't work in the heat. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then changing the environment, although it was cooler, I would like to say I got a lot of things done work-wise at home, but because the environment's so different, I got things done, but probably not as much as I could have gotten not done. Not as focused. Right. On, on, and it's because you things. had different things in, that, in my home environment that was, couldn't be a distraction. And nothing was bad. Nothing was bad. I got things done that I need to get done and all that kind of thing. But it's just the atmosphere of where you're at creates the mentality of what you need to do. Mm, yeah, I would agree with that. And on the on the flip side, too, I think we have a tendency, the more used to a certain environment we are, the less we see the flaws in that environment. Right. Um, today was a prime example. We had we have some other issues in the building, but but at the end of the day, I was like, you know, we've had weeds growing up around our building because, I mean, concrete, weeds, Louisiana, it, you know, it all kind of goes hand in hand. And I said, you know what, I'm going to round up. I'm finally going to get the roundup out, you know, and 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 spray it down. We weren't talking about a few little sprigs, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're driving to work and you you know you're you're focused on getting into the office and stuff, you don't see the amount In of the, the flaws. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean there were plants. Listen, folks, there were plants with flowers on them, and I'm not talking like the little wildflowers. I'm talking these purple, like you would They're put prosper. Yes, and I'm thinking, thriving. How long have we neglected this environment out here? And so you don't I, see it. Yeah, you don't see it because you're so focused on the test. But customers do. Yeah, and maybe even employees. You know, again, we're we're, we're you and I are kind of in leadership, but when your place is ratty, yeah. What, what kind of morale does your employees have? What a kind of uh, marketing is that to your to your clients and customers? When your environment is quiet, that too, and and sometimes quiet's a good thing. If you're in a if you're in a business to where you have to, you're making deals and you're doing things and you have to have a strong focus to where you need the silence, that's different. But if you're in a business like as far as like for instance the newspaper, a lot of our bread and butter is obviously sales, and so. That kind of upbeat and just being in an environment that seems like it's happening. And I think noise, people misunderstand noise for pr- production. And what I mean by that is, is like you could have stuff going and it could just be noise and people are like, wow, it's too loud in here. You can make noise, but to have a noise that's continuing, that has this upbeat, that, for instance, in a newsroom, yeah, that's what it used to be. <laughs> yeah. But now it's like in a newsroom. Do you want a newsroom quiet, or do you want noise in it? Okay, great. We need noise in it. We need something happening to where it's not dead silent. Great. What kind of noise we're going to put in it? Well, we're gonna in a newsroom at a newspaper. We're gonna play the news. The news. Yeah. And it's like, why do you care? Well, one, you can follow up, and technology wise, you can follow up and still on. I get it. It's the fact that you're setting the atmosphere of not coming in to a dead space. Right. And. You know, this is proven over and over again. I think about the retail world. Think about every store you go into. Every store. It doesn't matter whether it's Best Buy, Walmart, Target, Dillard's. There is some form of music playing. 
And that's because it creates an environment, a comfortable environment where people feel good about shopping. Now, if you were to ask, hey, what's the last song you heard playing in Walmart? No, you don't know what it is. No. Again, they're not wanting you to, to listen and retain no. the music. They're just wanting the music to set the tone. Be welcoming. For, for your shopping experience. Right. And, you know, I, I think about, it, I, I've told you time and time again, it just feels too quiet for, for it to be a newspaper. And, it, right. and I get that in this day and age, you know, people put in their earbuds and they work to the, to the beat of their own drum. But even outside of the earbud, right. there has to be an activity if that is the environment. If you go into a lawyer's office, it's quiet. It's very quiet generally. Yeah. And you almost whisper, right? It's almost like a library. Intimidation. Hey, hey is uh, so-and-so here. I'm David Speck with my 2 o'clock people yeah. here. And it, because that's the environment they want to create, they want to create a somber, because you don't know what they're dealing with. They may be dealing with a family that, that has just lost a loved one and they're working through succession, or they may be dealing with somebody who's injured, or they may be dealing with somebody who's arrested. Again, they're setting an environment right. for their business, and right. I think it's vitally important. And if you have a business that you're working with people, like you have to work with the community, it's better to have some type of noise. And, I, and I'll kind of give you an example. If you have a business that somebody has to come sit in your business for a, a certain amount of time, five minutes five minutes or more, and there's nothing going on, then it's very awkward for them. And it actually, with noise and background noise happening, it kind of helps you eliminate some of the small talk. Mm. And so that's kind of, I mean, I would if I'm in that kind of business, it's beneficial to me. So for instance, we own a tech repair shop, and here in the past four months, we just installed a uh, echo speaker just to have ambient noise, just kind of music of some mm-hmm. sort to play in the background. The whole reason is because if somebody's waiting to get their phone fixed and the technician's in the back and there's nobody up front or there is somebody up front, if it's complete silence, people are going to either be so awkward that they're just going to look down at their phones and it's still going to feel awkward or they're going to feel obligated to, to speak. And it's not like, well, I don't want people talking to me. It's just the atmosphere of being a welcoming, casual environment that you feel comfortable in. Now, for our listeners that maybe not in the business space, let's let's pivot to home and uh, things that move you forward or don't move you forward. One of, as a health coach, one of the things we tell our clients all the time is before you embark on a health journey, you need to get your microenvironment, the things closest to you, in check. You need to go through your pantry and get rid of all the things that are temptations to you to eat. You need to go through your refrigerator. You need to go through your wine cabinet or your, you know, or your beer fridge, you know, and get rid of those things because at the end of the day, when the times get tough or the cravings hit, you want to create friction between you and falling off the wagon. Right. And so as a, you know, this can translate to all areas of our life. You know, if you, you know, if you're struggling with something in, in your life that that really is a snare to you, you really need to create as much friction as you can between you and that thing. Yeah. And um, on the flip side, and again, I'm, I want you to kind of talk to it because you're you're the father of a toddler, which which co- completely creates some 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 challenges there. But like we've talked about how home. When you work as hard as we work, and again, we're not patting ourselves on the back, it's just the nature of what we do. You want, when you get home, to be a place of peace, order, and sometimes quiet. Right. And if it's not, then it becomes, you almost not, you almost get to the place where you don't want to go home. 
Right. And, and that's not what home is for. Home is for that disconnect, that recharge, that, that place of support and peace and comfort so that you can be the very best you can be beyond that. Right. And, and again, it's not a cleanliness thing. It's, it's, it's really very personal. What, what are the things that bring you comfort and peace and recharging? Well, and here, the thing with your environment at home, first of all, I'm going to make it very clear that it, it, your, your spouse, your spouse, if you have a spouse that's at home, shouldn't have to be the only person to set the environment at home. Oh, true, true. And it's one of those, so for instance, me working, and yes, I have a toddler, and yes, he's... He's 90 to nothing. Yeah, <laughs> just going, 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 great kid and all that. But it's one of those things, when, when I get home from a day from work, I, there's a point of wanting to relax, but there's a priority of wanting of, to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And be a be a husband, and so you have to figure out how the, you can set the environment to do both. And I think it's the gets back to communication with whoever's in your home. Now, if you're if you live alone, you figure it out yourself. You set your own environment because that's that's you. You can't nobody can do that for you. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, as my, my wife goes out on on trips here every so often, and when I'm by myself, I think in terms of. Morning dishes. Do I want those staring at me when I get home from work? Right now, I've got the energy. I'm trying to get out the door. You know, got my coffee, blah, blah, blah. I try to set up, you know, bed made. Things are to where when I walk in the door, there's not an immediate thing that requires my attention. And And I I think that that's a... that's part of the communication, and it's a, yeah, it's a little bit different when you have a kid and stuff like that because it's, a lot of times when I do when I do come home, there is things that require my immediate attention. There's something going on, something's happening, and all that, which is fine. That's that's all okay. But I think your home needs to be your place of peace, whether it's with your spouse or if you have if you're people if you are a couple that tends to like to have people over and build those relationships. That's great. But you have to understand that you have to prioritize your own your own self before you can be that person. Because I know when you have people over, even though you say, oh, no, they can just come over, hang out, whatever, you're still going to be that kind of hostess to somebody. And I've kind of related to that in my own life. And it's not that the people that I hang out with, it's not that I don't like them. It's not that I'm tired of them and all that. It's just a sense of when you've had a busy day, not even necessarily a hard day at work, just a busy day at work, you want to be able to come home and have that relaxing time, even if that relaxing time is going 90 to nothing with your kid. Mm-hmm. You're wanting that time to say, this is my family, this is what we're doing, and this gives me peace knowing that we have this taken care of, and it's just us. And there's time for other people, but during the week, it's just us. And I think that kind of, personally, being very transparent, again, it's not that I don't like my friends, and it's not that I don't like my family, but my actual core family of me, my wife, and my son, having that time to know when I get home from work, whether they've had a bad day at the house or not, that we have a time to connect, and that when we connect, it gives me that sense of peace that this is my home. I have control of my home. This is, at the end of the day, we're going through our routine. And it's all about a routine. If you can set up a routine in your environment, so business-wise, you're setting a routine of momentum for being forward, pushing, going, going, going. Personally, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. And you can even have that same routine kind of at home, but you have to understand that it's the routine that you set it brings you the attitude that you have. So if your routine's not where it needs to be, you need to be open about it to where you say, look, we got to come up with a better routine because we all have the same time frame during the day. And by creating that routine in the environment, it helps the environment to be not only more appealing, but welcoming. 
And, and let me add for, for folks that are like, yeah, but you don't live my life. Um, you're right. But you have to understand that setting environment is not a switch you get to flip. No. It's a process that you go through. Yeah. And you find out what the strengths are with, within your relationships, even if it's just by yourself, what your own strengths are. Right. And understand that it can change over time. Now, I'm going to tell a little bit of story on myself simply because I want to illustrate the point. When I was in my teens and my 20s, I was a slob. Okay? Slob. If you got into my truck, let's put it this way. I had a vehicle one time that it kept a half-eaten cheeseburger in the back seat for well over six months simply because it was so cold outside it stayed frozen. And it was McDonald's, so it never went bad. Yeah. <laughs> Looked the same. Yeah. Okay? And... and as I got older, you know, it became more of a priority to me. Now, because of my slobbish, slobbishness, is that a slobbish. word? I was judged by my superiors, by people in the community. Because, you know, when you, when you show up, you know, untucked or you're back in the, eight, the 90s when you show up unpressed, you know, regal shirts weren't a thing. Now they are, I guess. You became judged. As I got older, I started learning routines. Right. You know, in my office, I, I would meet with my superiors once a week. And guess what? Every Monday I would clean my desk. I'd clean my office. I'd put things away. Well, that became to growing slowly into doing it every day. And now keeping my desk, you know, relatively clear is just a habit. Right. In, in my vehicle, you know, I got into the habit of making sure that there was a trash can next to the um, garage. So that when I stopped at the house, I grabbed my trash, throw it in the trash can. Right. I kept a vehicle cleaner that way. But it didn't happen overnight and really didn't happen until my mid-40s. Yeah. So understand that, you know, your mother and I, yes, he's my son. We already know this. We used to have to, and you remember this, we got to clean up everything. Company's coming over, right? And yeah. it's this big... Uh, stressful, oh, everybody rushing, the longest, get, you know? The longest but fastest five minutes of your life. And I would get so annoyed with my own parents because you could show up at their house at any given time and pretty much everything was in its place. Right. And while we're not necessarily to that level yet, we are way further along. You, you show up at our house all the time, you walk in, you don't say, man, this place is all dumped out, you know? Yeah. No, we, we pretty much are staying in the routine of, of keeping things up. So that's why I'm saying this whole thing about environment is going to be a process, and it's going to be a process where you have to be intentional until the habit forms. Right, and I want to make it clear. He, you made the comment of saying, like, if somebody's like, well, you don't know my life, you don't know this. It's like, so? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't care. Does your life suck? Probably. But if it does, figure out your routine. Figure out your process. Figure out how to change your environment. And figure out what's important to you. And here's the thing. If you say you can't, then you haven't looked into it enough. Because you can change anything you want in your environment. Because at the end of the day, it's about, it's about you. It's, it's you making the change. Yeah. So if you're going to go into a negative, if you're being negative about changing a negative environment, you're only going to produce a negative. It's true. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You might move something. You might move a forward momentum, but it's not forwarding your momentum in a positive way to where your environment doesn't suck. And so it's like, yeah, we may not know your life, but you don't know ours either. True. It's just the process. Put your own process in place. Put your own routines in place, and continue to do that to welcome the environment. Change your environment physically, mentally, and 
pretty much spiritually. Figure out your environment that you have to change because every environment you have in anybody's life is not perfect. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. You know, there's no, there's no perfect job. No. There's no perfect home. No, there's, there's no perfect family. There's no perfect church. We are all um, lives in progress right. and in process. Right. But those that that excel are the ones that are more intentional than others. I believe. You right. know, nobody just wakes up to you know and is a success. Nobody just wakes up and they're naturally neat. Nobody right. just wakes up and has a room full of stormtrooper helmets and. Right. Other collectibles. And I'll it's tell you this: an intentional act. I'll tell you this: most people wake up on Mondays, and it's a Monday. Monday comes once a week. You know, yeah. And so it's the environment you put and the routines you have. Your routine might get your routine may not happen every day because life happens. But if you set up the environment to next day, you're going to continue the process. You're going to notice the things that used to drive you nuts are just little bumps in the road that don't drive you nuts anymore because your environment you're moving to a different momentum. And it's going to take a while. You know, I've heard now various uh, numbers. You know, we used to say 21 days to a habit. I've now heard it's as much many as 66 days until it's a habit. Good God. And one of the things that your mom and I started doing probably about a year ago was we decided, and I may have said this on the podcast before, we decided that every morning we were going to make the bed. Start the day, just make the bed. Well, does the bed need to be made? No but we need to accomplish something every day right? and build that habit. And so we started doing that. And the rule was whoever's the last to get up has to make the bed. So, you know, that's incentive to be an early riser. Now, can I tell you, there's been instances where it hasn't happened. Oh, and the whole world fell apart. No, it didn't. <laughs> I will say I almost said something, but I'm, I'm well, I'm a much better trained husband than that to say something. But it's one of those things. What what I've seen happen though is like if I go in in the afternoon and the bed's not made, you know, obviously something must have happened. Okay, yeah. I don't know what it was, but I'll go ahead and just make it real quick. And you know how many times your mom will say, "Oh man, thank you for making the bed. I meant to do it, but..." And then she tells the story of what all happened and it just got away from them. Right. I, what I'm saying is, as married couples, you know, significant other couples, whatever you want to call it. You need to be on the same page with regard to environment and be willing to build each other up and, and support each other and, and step in when the other one is not living up to it, but also communicate it. As a single, you need to decide what's important. Yeah, figure it out. What, what, what's important to you? You know, you may say, well, it's not important to me to have, you know, a clean house. Okay, fine. What is important to you? Right. What is, does the clean house affect you how, how your everyday life is? Does it, if you don't care, that's great. Is it, is, it, is it keeping you from the goals that you have for yourself? You know, a yeah. clean house isn't about a clean house. Again, it's yeah. about taking care of something to where you can prove to yourself and then it, by extension others that you can be trusted with more responsibility. I exactly. mean, that's, that's really what it boils down to is are you showing responsibility in your life? Right. One last thing I want to talk about with regard to environment. Smells. Ooh. Smell, smells can affect people long before they ever see you. Yeah, you walk in a restaurant and it smells of some type of burnt, something burnt on the grill, you automatically have a negative mindset of it. Yes. Oh, great, what burnt? Or, as you have said before, hygiene. Yes. Some, you know, I, I get that, that, you know, that things happen. I sweated, okay? I just went out and did Roundup around the entire building, and my back is soaked. Now, I'm going to check... <laughs> my aroma throughout the day. And if there's a problem, I'm going to carry my butt to the house and go, you know, 
take a shower, change clothes. Right. And here's the thing about all that hygiene-wise, is you might think you have a good hygiene routine, and you may not smell. I'm not saying if you're smelling bad. I'm saying you're so used to your smell, you don't know what you smell like. You can be nose blind real easy. And sometimes, if there is a person like that, sometimes, if you're close enough with them and you understand them, you can be open about it and just say, hey, look, it may not be affecting you, but it might be affecting the way people think about you. Right. And it's one of those, it's easy, it's an easy fix. It's still a routine. It's still a, okay, this is one thing I need to change. And maybe it's the environment at home or maybe it's the environment in, in the shower. It's, it's the little things that it's still going to take a process to change. And, and there may be things that you have difficulty controlling, you know, right. we'll, 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 we'll leave it at that. You know, I'm talking flagellants. Yeah. You know what? Go get, go get some Febreze, go get something, you know, you can, you can take care of. Where is this subject gone? I'm to? sorry, I, but but it's true because we all we all deal with it. Yeah. You walk into somebody's cubicle, you walk into somebody's office, you get hit in the face with oh god, and you don't and say nothing. You're trying not to say anything, but you're not your opinion. That's not that's not right. We shouldn't judge people based upon that. But the entire in, interaction from that point forward is tainted. Yeah, and so again. It gets back to if we were to put it all in a nice unfarted box with a with a bow on it, it would be your environment matters. Be intentional about the environment that you put yourself in and that you subject other people to. Right. And trust trust your process. If you have a good process and if you don't, figure out your good process. And once you have that process in place, trust it to see things through. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Two Perspectives Podcast. Rate and review us on your podcast. What would you call that? Client? App of your choice? Platform. Very good. Platform of your choice. We really want to hear from you. And uh, visit us at davidaspec.com. There is a ton, a ton of stuff there. And um, until next time. Peace. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Two Perspectives Podcast. You can find out more about this episode along with other episodes at davidaspec.com. Please rate and review this show wherever you get your podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. Until next time, peace.